Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, a very exciting pod, a long-awaited pod, we have Neve Dror, the founder and managing partner at Shrug Capital. Though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Neve, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by the 2022 Community-Led Summit, the 100% free three-day virtual event for builders and leaders in community-led companies. Okay, when I first heard the term community-led, I felt like I intrinsically knew what it meant, but I don't think I could have defined it for you. But now, here you go. Community-led means putting community at the heart of your business and leaning on that community to map the way forward. So that's the what, but if you wanna know the how, join the 2022 Community-Led Summit. You'll get to hear directly from successful community leaders in sessions like creating community OKRs and creating a community-led strategy. You can register for free for the 2022 Community-Led Summit happening May 24th through May 26th at communityled.com slash summit. Neve was an early employee and led marketing at Product Hunt, which was acquired by AngelList. In 2018, Neve started Shrug Capital, now investing out of their fourth fund with over $100 million in AUM. Shrug was an early investor in Superhuman, Superplastic, Eight Sleep, Levels, Main Street, Pipe, and House, among many others, which you can see at shrug.vc. Neve Drawer, welcome to Non-Technical. Hey, hey. How is it going? How are you living? How is your day? Things are good. My in-laws got in town yesterday, so... Very exciting. I'm the only thing standing between you and some quality family time. Exactly. And a bunch of emails. <laughs> it's me, about 1,500 emails, and then quality family time. Exactly. I'm honored to take that place in your schedule. So excited to have you on, Neve. We've spoken before. I think that we chatted from just like a, a mutual DM situation where we just like, you seem cool, let's talk. Your, your tweets are very cool. So I, I had to <laughs> uh, to make the connection. It's a mutual admiration society over here yeah. then because I've, as I've said verbatim many times, I'm a Shrug Capital fangirl. That was super cool to hear. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I love the podcast. I, I've listened to a bunch of the episodes too. Yeah, and now you'll be on one. What a beautiful, rich circle of life. There it is. <laughs> okay, so Neve, I want to start here. What is the most memorable gift you've ever received or given? So I'll skip the given part because I give a lot of things. I don't know how much, but like a significant portion of the management fees at Shrug go towards gifting. And that's since we had like almost no management fees to yeah. now we just, we just scaled up <laughs> gifting to people in various ways. The one that I'll point out is I was in New York, I went to Hamilton and then they did some like mm. charity thing that they sold pieces of the original floor before they replaced it. Oh, that's awesome. So there's like a piece that Lynn manuel signed and I know that Siam Bannister like really liked it. So I got it for her as a surprise. And then like six months later, she, find, she finally got it framed and stuff. That was very special to be able to give that to her and to get it for her. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Are you a big musical fan? How did you end up at Hamilton? Hamilton is just something you should watch. You should highly recommend. I think that extends beyond just musical and just like a, a good show to, to go watch. I waited so long to see it in person that I actually just saw it a couple months ago for the first time on Broadway. Wow, yeah. How was it? It was amazing, of course, but I knew every word by that point. I'm a big musical fan, so I knew the soundtrack backwards and forwards yeah, yeah. before I went. No, the, the song was still in my head because of the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah it's well. so good. 
Do you ever play the soundtrack at home? It's very motivating. I do it in the car sometimes. And... Right? It's such a good one. What is something you're really good at that it would surprise most people to learn about you? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily good at it. I'm, I'm more starting out. The last okay. few months, started making candles at home. Oh my gosh, what kind of candles? Just candles in jars. Um, <laughs> jars and cups. <laughs> Basically, I started taking all the unnecessary like cups and, and, and jars and stuff around the house yes. and, and like like melting wax and putting the, the scents and, and colors and mixing it up and kind of like got into it. And now I like started buying kind of like volumes of jars. How did you get into candle making? Bored and I went on Amazon <laughs> and typed candle making kit and then bought the kit, meaning like yeah. that's something like fill the, fill the time at night or something like that. Yeah. And then just got more into it and like then bought a lot more scents, a lot more you know, supplies for it. So I upgraded recently to a much larger thing. Like it looks like a rice cooker basically, which oh my is gosh. an upgrade from like a tiny cup. Oh, to melt the wax. So and I've also I started like really getting into Waterford crystal, which I was in Ireland and it's a very fa like fancy crystal thing that from Ireland that I just like because it was very like shiny and stuff. So really? I started buying like really like old used ones on eBay that nobody like they have scratches. I don't, I don't care to make candles in them. Yes, that's so fun. Is this something that you and your wife do together? Or is this a solo activity? Both. Um, she would like it to be a solo activity, but she is. Uh, <laughs> she helps. She helps with the wicks and with like placement and stuff like that. So. Yeah, she gets roped in. What do you do with these candles? Do you give them as gifts, or are they just all over your house? They are all over the house. I'm gonna like I'm systematically give them as gifts. Probably later this year. If someone comes to the house, I give them some. Basically, like, every night, and, like we watch a movie or something, I just light a bunch of candles as if it was like the most romantic. It has nothing oh to do with romantic, actually. It just yeah. smells really good and, and yes. looks really cool. But if someone said, you know, out of the blue, it looked like a very kind of, oh, what's the occasion? No, it's just a Wednesday. So it's like... <laughs> love an impromptu romantic Wednesday, even if it is accidental. <laughs> Neve, what is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something totally inconsequential that you would really go to bat for? No blind intros. No blind. Oh, okay. <laughs> I despise when someone sends me a blind intro, even yeah. when it's like a good one and I actually want to take it, which is like yeah. one out of 10. So fine. Usually it's something that I either passed on or don't want to meet or don't want to mm -hmm. prioritize meeting. The issue is that I, like, I don't take them unless I would have taken the meeting anyway. Yep. But calling people out on it nicely, strongly, whichever way you, like, you communicate to people, it never goes well. I've said it to like influential people. I've said it to like random people. It never goes well uh, anyway. So, <laughs> Well, okay. So let me ask you this. What is the first thing you feel when you see the non-double opt-in email hit your inbox? Why? Why? <laughs> Well, if you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? Working at a, at a professional sports team would be pretty interesting. Really? What makes you say that? Like, I'm a big Man United fan. Oh, really? And just like the business side of it and being around. It's, it's a whole it's a whole business. It just happens yes. like the end product happens to be like playing sports. So not exactly in a position to own a team. And also, I'm not, I don't know if that's a good investment or not. But working yeah. on, on a professional sporting would be interesting in some capacity. How do you become a Man U fan? Glory hunting since 1999. They won everything in 1999. And that was a very formative time. And I grew up in Israel. So soccer is like the dominant sport there. Mm. That's how it started. I have a tattoo of the crest on, on, on my back since really? I was 16. Irresponsible aunt that would take me. Uh, but I like it. <laughs> so, so you became yeah. a fan when you were quite young then of Manu. Yeah. Did you have to choose a team? Were your friends fans of other teams and then you chose Manchester or was everybody in your life a Manchester fan? I don't remember. I was like nine, ten. So yeah. people liked the, the team of the moment and that was very much the team of the moment. So I have to assume 
a lot of other people liked them at that time. Yeah. And you said they were doing really well at the time in like 99? Yeah, they won the treble, which means they won the Premier League, so like the league. The yeah, FA yeah, Cup, yeah, yeah. Which is like the main cup and then the Champions League, which is the main international, you know, European kind of like, you know, cup game. So they won all three and it was all mm. in the span of two, like two, three weeks. So that's funny. It kind of mirrors my fandom with the Yankees because I'm from Connecticut. My dad is a Yankees fan. And so I was raised as a Yankees fan, but I sort of became sentient to sports right when the Yankees were just absolutely crushing it. There was like this three-year period in the 90s when they were unstoppable, you know, World Series. It felt like they were going to the series every year, at least to a really young kid. And so my experience of being a sports fan was just like, oh, we win all the time. That's great. <laughs> and then as I got older, I was like, we're not winning as much as um, <laughs> we so, used to. Story, story of my life. Story of my life. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. They're not doing too well right now. <laughs> no. Do you wake up early to watch the games and stuff? I used to. Now that I'm in Eastern time zone in the last like six months or so, it's been much better because it's actually been a normal, oh, normal yeah. time. But I used right. to... When I was younger, I used to wake up. Like, I used to watch every minute and, and just wake up in the middle of the night, 7 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever it is. No and way. Then there's a period where I just stopped. And now, like, the last two, year, two three years, I've gotten much more into it, like, into it again. That's great. That's so fun. What kind of a sports fan are you? Are you, like, a jump up yelling at the TV sports fan? Or are you more, like, silently resigned to what's happening? Both. There's a lot less, like, jump up at the TV moments in soccer than, uh, <laughs> yeah, than like, basketball or baseball. <laughs> So I would do that when, like, if something happens, but yes. uh, otherwise it's pretty chill. That's true. It's It can be a very chill game to watch, almost to its detriment, because sometimes it can get a little dull. Like, if nobody scores, that's a huge bummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Neve, if you could choose one social nicety to do away with forever, what would it be? Examples like saying bless you or holding the door for people, that kind of stuff. My wife from, is from Ireland. So when we mm -hmm. went to visit, there's a thing they do. Whenever you walk by someone like, like in the street, like on the road, like and you just walk past them, they like look up and they say like, hi, how are you? Like, there's mm -hmm. no answer. You keep walking. But yeah. just like, and I like to keep to myself. I'm not doing it, which that's my very much the default. I'm rude. Yes. So yes. that was annoying. And then the main one is basically, I, I love not saying goodbyes when leaving parties. Ah, uh, yes. I'm ready to leave, which is often 30 to 60 minutes after I arrived. Yes. Um, or, or like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I don't say, I don't say till the end of the time. I mean, show, show up late, leave like an hour later, great. So just like to like slide out, like be acknowledged I left versus like the long goodbyes or any goodbyes. The irony here is that your answers are an Irish hello and what is known as an Irish exit. Exactly. Right? Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, yeah, yeah. And yet you're married to an Irish woman. <laughs> so it seems like that part's going well so far. So with the saying hello thing, would it bother you as much if they were just saying hi? Is the thing that bothers you the fact that it's a question that's going unanswered? No, it's it's more of needing to acknowledge versus like just, you know, being in your own thoughts or listening mm -hmm. to something or talking. You're not really going to answer, how are you? It's, you're saying hello by saying, how are you? Even the hello is, just, it's fine, whatever, but it's not a deal. <laughs> but it, it just doesn't need to be said. My mom lives in Florida and it's the same thing there where she lives. She lives in the suburbs. And every mm -hmm. time she walks the dog or I walk the dog with her, everybody you pass, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Hi, how are you? Yeah. It makes me feel like a bad person because after like 
eight to 10. Hi, how are you's or good mornings? I'm kind of spent. I'm kind of like, I'm good with it, you know, but then people keep saying good morning to me and I feel bad. It makes me feel like a bad, you know, sort of cold New Yorker for not wanting to say hello to everybody. So there's a trend here of me not liking to like talk. I mean, pretty introverted, uh, especially with people I don't know. But when I walk my dog, Jonah, he's a golden doodle. He's very, very cute. He basically mm. gets attention in every single way, like, extremely predictably. Everyone will say hello, pet him, yes. and stuff. And then it should, like, I have no problem with that. So, but that leads to often to conversation, which then I have to talk, which yes. is fine. <laughs> Unless my wife is next to me, in which case, like, I'm like, Sarah, switch over. Like, because uh, yeah. then she talks to him. But yeah, if I'm alone, then yeah, that's, that's a good icebreaker and conversation starter. Yeah, a golden doodle is a real conversation magnet. You can't avoid it. They're so cute. Yeah, and he's very friendly. So he's oh, no. yeah, he's seeking <laughs> You said you're an introvert. It sounds like maybe your wife is more extroverted than you are. Yeah, definitely. That's good to have somebody that you can kind of throw on the conversation grenade when you need to. Just be like, you take this. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. So I I basically haven't gone to a tech event or dinner party more or less without her for the past quite like two years. Also, it's yeah. very few of them because of the pandemic. Right. Um, but but it, it's been like refreshingly nice. Always having someone there that like always have someone to talk to. Like, you know, so but yeah. we had a, a baby three weeks right. ago. Congratulations. Thank you. She's not gone to any of the tech events. There's some that I, I went to myself, which was not pleasant. It was no. so yeah. <laughs> I, it showed me how reliant I've become on, on going with her to places. Yeah. So, I'm sure. I mean, that always feels good to have somebody there that you know you can talk to or especially when you're like, I'm spent conversationally. It would be nice to have somebody else drive this convo. Absolutely. This is a new question for non-technical. What personality trait of yours do you think has gotten you in the most trouble? Being very direct. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm just very direct or like regardless of who the the person is, just like clear. And I think I clearly express my thoughts, but like the whole sandwich thing, like say something nice first and then say that I don't do that. So just say that. (laughs) Have you always been like that? No, the last few years, maybe. Yeah. Over the last few years, you think you've gotten more direct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If someone has done something that I feel wrong, but it's a minor Mm. thing, but it's a reason for like something, I will point that out. So it's more like I'm getting into trouble when I am over indexing on that one thing thing for whatever reason right or wrong and said person is not noticing it or doesn't realize it so then they'll be like taken aback or like why are you saying this so yeah there's some clash there has it ever gone badly for you being direct no no if it's not something like you care about i wouldn't necessarily even respond it depends on the context, but I'm direct with people actually like, you know, want, want to like, work with or, or, you know, friends or whatever. And it, it has gone bad, but then like it gets patched up. Usually uh, yeah. my partner, Moshe, gets on the, on the call with someone after and speaks <laughs> and, and explains in a different way. Which yes. happened a few times. <laughs> so. nah, sounds like you've got the right people around you. I agree. Totally agree. Have you ever been the last to realize something that everybody else seems to already know. One that sticks out to me is that I thought espresso was pronounced espresso until like, I, I think I was oh. like 19 or 20. It's not? <laughs> no, it's espresso. So I'm 31. So I guess I, I just realized that. I'll take okay. your word for it. <laughs> what non-technical is all about, just educating the masses on how to pronounce yeah. coffee beverages. The recent one is we're watching House of Gucci and mm. Paolo Gucci, who's the, the son of, of one of the characters, you know, Happens to be center on the po- movie poster, by the way. We're just like, that's a really good actor. Like, who is that? Let's IMDb. Jared Leto. 
like <laughs> so, so he has like a bunch of he has a bunch of prosthetics on and then i knew he's in the movie i just yeah. forgot that he's in the movie while watching the movie because which is a credit again a credit to his acting because credit he, to like, really him so he takes himself out of it and he just transforms into someone else well in this case both put like with prosthetics and the acting and the voice wow. and so yeah that was a funny shocker yeah, Jared Leto I, yeah. definitely transforms himself for roles. I don't know if you watched We Crashed. I just finished it. So good. Yeah, yeah. He's so, he's so good on it. Yeah. Like, it sounds like as close as you can to Adam Newman. Yeah. From what I've heard of him and what I've heard him talk, and like, he nails the Israeli accent. And it's just, it's really good. Really well. Oh, yeah. So, to someone who's from Israel, how is the Jared Leto Israeli accent? He sounds like exactly like what an Israeli would say and act in, in every way. Like, he could have overdone it and like had like a really, like, but, but that's right. not Adam Newman's accent. Adam Newman has like a fine, like American, like, you know, he has an accent, but it's not like that. You know, it's like a yeah. harsh accent. His mannerisms and everything. So, that's awesome. Big fan of Jared Leto, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It turns out me too. Who knew? What is the most surprised you've ever been? The baby's due date was April 5th. Mm-hmm. We just finished like all the, the, the VC puzzle thing that we did, which oh, was yeah. like a big drop. And so right. we finished everything. Then the next day, like the next day was, is the, is the, the fifth, which is the, the due date that they come up with like kind of like seven months earlier. Like it's a, yeah. it's a random date. It's never the date. Yes. And then Sarah wakes me up at five thirty in the morning. I think my water broke. <gasps> and <laughs> so I shouldn't have been, which he did. So I don't, I, it shouldn't have been a surprise. We were prepared yeah. for stuff, but it, that, that was like, I felt very like, oh shit, it's like, it's happening. So wow. maybe I think it's more kind of, I was, I was woken up to this. I think that's why it was, I had a bigger impact. Yes. Very punctual baby. Right on time. That's yeah. very, very rare. Yeah. That's a very surprising thing to be awoken and told. <laughs> You're having a baby right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So aside from... Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so all the basics. What is something that you couldn't go a day without? I feel like the most typical answer that everyone would say here is iPhone or some form of technology. Mm. So like that, obviously. But yeah. I think like for me personally, like just time time to myself is like very important. So Oh really? Not to be like introverted one oh one, but it's uh <laughs> it, it just like like more like starting the day or just like some mm-hmm. time to like calibrate and, and like, you know, you know, be with my thoughts and I guess it's like a form of medica- meditation. I don't meditate, but it's more like going to the I, going to the hot tub every morning. It's gone to a point where I don't even want to go, but that's just what I do. I wake up and I go to the hot tub for like twenty minutes and like oh, really? or, you know, whatever. And yeah. then that's kind of a way of like starting my day. And then the next thing then I start work. So once it, like so it's, it's just a routine that I've kind of gone into and that's worked amazingly well. But if it wasn't that, I wouldn't I would still need like some time before I start and just like to, you know, sync up and, and like yeah, to myself. Definitely. What was it before it was twenty five minutes in the hot tub? Did you take walks or did you write the yoga? It was it was hot tub for a while actually. <laughs> Every place I've lived in I lived in like for the past few years has had a hot tub. What? <laughs> That's amazing. I want your realtor. <laughs> if you live in hot climates, they, they tend to be there. Why is that, do you think? You would think it would be the opposite. Yeah, but the pool, like I was in Palm Springs all last year and it gets yeah. like stupidly hot there. Right. And the pool's like nice actually there, but it's like, it's the hot tub is still way better. It's, it's unrelated to the outside temperature being hot. That's so interesting. Hmm. Okay. Well, before that, I was like watching a show or something, but like, like when I was in school or reading at some points, but like that, yeah. that takes too long. Do you have a go-to show that helps you relax? Yeah, I'm watching Fauda right now, like on Netflix. So it's like the Israeli 24. Oh, cool. I've never heard of that. Highly recommend. Yeah, no go-to show though. We'll okay. finished it already. 
sometimes do you watch TV shows twice? Like, do you go back and rewatch stuff? If I do, it's like years later. So like, you yeah, know, I watched like all of 24 and like Breaking Bad and stuff during the pandemic. But like, I watched mm. them like a decade ago or something. So it feels like it's from scratch. Breaking Bad is a great example of a show that I think you need a good five, seven years between watches because it's so rich. There's so much going on. I remember somebody describing it to me once and pointing at all the ways in which it's a very Shakespearean TV show. It's really, really incredibly impeccably well done. I would love to rewatch it, but I too want to wait until I have forgotten. Yeah. While we're on show, I'd recommend American Crime Story. The first season was about the, the OJ trial. Oh, which is like yes, 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 yes. Okay. I need a new show. Three seasons. I highly recommend all three, honestly. So it's, okay. The first is about the OJ trial. It's just extremely well done in every way. The second one was the assassination of Gianni Versace. And the third one was the, the Bill Clinton. Yeah, Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're so well done. So interesting way of like learning about those events. I totally agree. Okay, cool. I'm going to add that to my list. I just finished one of the best TV shows I've ever seen in my life. Have you watched Severance? No, but I I keep hearing good things. So maybe that's the next one. I know that after this, you're supposed to go hang out with your in-laws, but honestly, you might want to prioritize watching Severance. Like it was so good. I, I just finished it yesterday. I'm still decompressing, but honestly, a A plus 10 out of 10 would watch again. Highly recommend. Awesome. That is the next show. Honestly, though, text me and let me know what you think. Neve, what is your most irrational fear? Fish. Fish. <laughs> okay, done. I, I don't. I don't eat fish, but more like that's fine. That's more preference. It's more like sure. being in like the ocean with fish, or like okay. I, if I see a fish, I wouldn't go in the ocean. Or so you don't. I want... know they're there. Yeah, of course. Don't that's wanna, where they I live. don't want to swim with fish. You don't want to swim with fish. Okay. No. Is the fear that they touch you? Is it the fish yeah. making contact? I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But like. Nothing would happen. It's an irrational, like you said, it's an irrational fear. I understand. Okay. What if, because oftentimes what I'm afraid of in the water is a fish touching me and me not realizing a fish is about to touch me. But I think if I was looking at it and I knew it was about to happen, that would be less scary. What do you think? I think it'd be infinitely more scary if you put my foot with a fish or my hand with a fish and I knew the fish is there. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you don't eat fish? I don't eat fish. But that's like a, a dietary, that's like a preference. That's Yeah, I'm a picky eater anyway. Andreas, we used to work together at Parkland, he used to make a, a joke that I only eat beige food. Um, <laughs> that's not necessarily true, but he said it for a reason, based on like an observation that I tend to eat beige, like plain. Stuff. Really? Um, so that, again, that's not all I eat, but, but it's uh, yeah, very simple food. Got it. But the color palette, it's a beige aesthetic. You have a beige food aesthetic. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, again, it's not necessarily true, but the fact that he observed it says something. Yes. Okay. What are some of the food groups that fall into the beige? What led to him to make that assessment? Chicken, pasta. Yeah. Rice, maybe, I don't know, just plain foods. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so no fish. So you don't like to eat fish. You don't want to touch fish. What about cartoon fish? For example, the movie Finding Nemo. Did you enjoy that movie? I have not watched this. No, really? <laughs> I, have no, I have no problem with cartoon fish. Okay, interesting. I love the way that you said that. It's like you're going on the record. Just to go on the record, I have no problem with cartoon fish. <laughs> this is not a hobby or anything, but you watch like one video on YouTube and the algorithm just thinks that's yes. your favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I've like watched one thing about like dolphin or shark sightings. Okay. And then my whole feed was that. So like I'd watch more if they're like interesting. That was like a phase for like three days or something. Uh, not really? say, just like it kept popping up and I kept watching. Yes. And, and Sarah has made the, the, the weird observation that you don't like fish. Why do you keep watching about the fish? So I, I support I the that... fish on the record. So. 
Just to go on the record, Neve supports fish. <laughs> okay, but I think that dolphins and sharks, that feels different than fish to me. Aren't they mammals? Dolphins are mammals, yeah? You're correct. I support fish of all kinds, including mammals. <laughs> <laughs> are you afraid of sharks? Are you more afraid of sharks or fish? Fish. Really? I'm scared of sharks. Yeah, like what are the chances? Like, I mean, I, I ride a Miami, people tend to have jet skis. So I, I, I have a jet ski. So <laughs> th there are sharks in those waters. I, I'm not scared of, of the shark because I know I can outpace the shark or just not follow them. But if I fall off the jet ski, our real fear would be there's fish in here. We must go on top of the jet ski as soon as possible. Also, I like the way that you preface that. You didn't want to make it sound like you're the only person that has a jet ski. You're like, many people here have jet skis. <laughs> I am not alone. My house is very nice in Miami, like upgraded finally from the last two years where I basically worked out of a shoebox. But like you go to some people's houses here and, and then your house does not look so nice anymore. I'm so, sure. Oh yeah, there's, some nice, you know, there's some nice houses in Miami. Reminds me of one of my favorite quotes though. Comparison is the thief of joy. I agree. Isn't that a nice one? That brings me a lot of comfort. Yes. Okay. So tell me this, what chapter of your life would make for the best movie plot? If we were going to make a movie about a specific chapter, in your life, what would it be? Why, why would someone make, make a movie about my life? <laughs> because it's going to be interesting. <laughs> because A24 is looking for their next big indie hit. I've thought about this a little bit. So the there's, and, I, and I've split it up into professionally and, and business, and professionally and personal, which I think would make... <laughs> I like that in your brain, though, it's like professional and business. And those are the two categories. <laughs> It would not make a good movie, but it, you couldn't make a good movie out of it. Is <laughs> I was it was in London for it was supposed to be a week to like as an offsite when uh, Nick Abuzi joined me at, at Trug. So we just like let's just go to London for like a week to awesome love Nick. Nick was amazing. We were working out of like Daisy's office, Dom Sentry and Maisie Williams. It was like just cool to be around that. Mm -hmm. And then in the last day, I, w I was on Hinge and was like it was Saturday night and it was like let's find someone. And then basically, like, Tilia is where I met my wife. But it's wait, um, wait, Sarah, wait, wait, wait. But, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're at an office, you're with Nick, who we love, and you're on Hinge, and that is how you met your wife? Yeah, so... We, I didn't know that. Like, we went on a date, like, an hour later. It was, it was more like both of us weren't doing anything no. on Saturday. I think I sent her, like, I told her, like, I'm not a serial killer. Here was, like, a Time magazine article about me, about me getting my tattoo. <laughs> For some reason, Time wrote about this. So it was not like, it was just to show, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so we, we went out um, and then, like, then met up uh, the following morning again. And I remember, like, telling Nick to meet her, to make sure he meets her. Because, I, I mean, because, I don't know, it felt special. But so, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I forgot why, but I wanted, I wanted Nick to meet her, like, in the last day, kind of before we went home. We went home. I ended yeah. up not going home. End up staying in London and then like going to like Paris. Well, basically, I always I love Europe, so I wanted to. Let's go. I'm already here. Let's go work. And well, I was staying for like a Daisy party, like the end of the month. So I had like mm -hmm. three weeks to be there. So which was fantastic. So like Nick went home, but I was like, let's just go to work from Paris for a week. Let's go work. When you say let's, you mean you you were taking Sarah. So Sarah. So Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. I wanted to go work from Paris for a week, but then okay. Basically, the next morning, I was like, do you want, I need to go meet a founder in Paris. Do you, and I'm going to be the first, do you want to come? And then for some reason, she said yes. So oh, my God. We train oh, my God. To Paris, like the, the same, this, like, the next day. And then, like, so that, that was wonderful. We were pretending to, we could afford to be very romantic and hold hands and, uh, and go to the, the, the Louvre or, or in all, all in That's Eiffel. incredible. Basically, extremely romantic. But you, but you wouldn't do that with, like, someone you're meeting on Hinge, but we were basically pretending because this is obviously going to go away because I'm going to go back to the United States. Oh, right. Felt like there was an expiration date on it, so you might as well. There was an expiration date. And then basically I like, followed her to Ireland um, the, the next weekend. So we had, like, we were in Dublin and then 
we were in, in London like the last week there and, and so it was just, but then like we were breaking up obviously like of course obviously though I mean you clearly super excited about this person but you felt like when you were going home that had to be it I was telling the, the founder like that we were the founder I went to meet in Paris he had, went to that party as well like at the end of the day, that was yeah. there for kind of thing so he was like shocked to hear like we were breaking up because of course we were breaking up like right. why, why yeah because um, but we and we did but we just kept talking every single day on FaceTime and then basically every two months or three months she would either come to like Miami or New York or Greece yeah. or or Brighton or so it was that, that was basically like a year again still not a good movie I stand by that wait this okay that's such a lie this is such an amazing movie this ha, this has beautiful rom-com written all over it think of all the places in Europe that we'd be able to shoot and how gorgeous that would be also, I have to ask yeah. a clarifying question. Are you saying you were talking every day and visiting each other every two months, but you were broken up? We were not formally together, but a, a few months in, we were form- we were unformally, yeah. very much formally together. Okay, um, there we but go. Then that, that led to basically there was going. You should she should come to. Let's both live in the Bay Area for February and then New York for March, April of 2020. Oh no! So <laughs> the, the month so the month of February was wonderful, and then we went on. Le- I remember this was Leap Day on um, 2020, so it was February 29th. And then mm. we went for a weekend somewhere and then had a, I was, COVID was obviously getting like, you know, serious. Yeah. And uh, I had a, a basically called ba- Balaji was like, you know, it was kind of ringing the alarm bells of this, you know, and, and he's mm-hmm. a friend. And so I called them like, Hey, should we like not go to New York for two months? And yeah. that led to a, four, a, a 40 minute conversation where he scared me and Sarah to death. Uh, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, 80% of it came true. So thank you, Balaji. Um, wow. Balaji was right. But that led to basically, let's, we already checked in the flight, like, like not, not in there for like a day early, you know, just went from home, checked in the flight. That led to, okay, we're not going to New York. Wow. I liked the show Laguna Beach when I was in, like, you know, in high school or, or middle sure. school. Sorry, middle school. That's nice. Let's go there instead. Figure it out. So we basically went to Laguna Beach for a month, see what happened. Nobody knew where, where things were happening. Um, we'll figure it out. Well, we got married in, in May, so it was it, things escalated pretty quickly. Oh my god! And that worked out pretty well for a while. Sarah, Sarah's been an integral part of Shrug with, with me and Moshe, and we objectively, me and Moshe, could say that we would not be able to operate without her. And she does all the marketing stuff and mm. and everything. So that worked out well. Um, the, the, that, I mean, yeah, thank you to the pandemic, I guess. So. Courtesy of Hinge. <laughs> Wow. Oh my God, Neve. That's amazing. I think that's going to make an incredible movie. If anyone wants to buy the script, it's available for very little money. Uh, (laughs) I'm excited. Okay. We're going to take a super quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by the 2022 Community-Led Summit, the 100% free three-day virtual event for builders and leaders in community-led companies. Community-led means putting authenticity, relationships, and humanity back into how we do business. Hello, making business more authentic, more relationship-driven, more human. I think you can probably guess that's an approach I can get behind. And you know what else I can get behind? Cold hard facts. (laughs) So check this out. In the past two years, there's been a 22% increase in organizations with community teams. If your organization is just at the beginning of your community-led journey, you're not alone. And the 2022 Community-Led Summit is an ideal place to get started. You'll get to learn directly from organizations that are already committed and applying the principles. Register for free for the 2022 Community-Led Summit, happening May 24th through May 26th at communityled.com slash summit. And we're back with Neve Dror, the founder and managing partner at Shrug Capital. Neve, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm ready. We have arrived 
at the lightning round. Okay, let's start here. Tell me this, coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Okay, interesting choice. Also, I mentioned to you earlier, but I'm drinking tea on today's episode, which is very rare, a true rarity, a true rarity, if you will. Mm -hmm. What kind of tea do you drink? (laughs) Sorry for that horrible joke. We all have to live with it now. (laughs) Honestly, neither is probably the answer. (laughs) Really? uh, Anything, yeah. Not, not, not a tea or a coffee drinker, but if I had to choose tea. What do you drink? Water? No, a hint. I started a hint. Is my default oh, now. Yeah. A hint yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. like lightly flavored water is my default. I don't really like just regular water. Um, the new liquid death ones are really good. Like the sparkling ones. Which oh, really? are amazing. They're really, really good. I used to be known for LaCroix because product hunt and LaCroix had like a in slack too. But basically I would, I would like flirt from with brands from the product hunt account. So oh, product hunt would be a LaCroix, <laughs> LaCroix or it's slack and... And, and then LaCroix was like a thing in tech back, back then too. I mean, it probably mm-hmm. still is on it, but it was more apparent. So yeah, LaCroix was like the default product on sparkling water, I guess. Okay. Sparkling water is a great answer. Do you have a favorite board game? I think I'm legally required to say Monopoly. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I guess context on that. I mean, I, I guess I've mentioned a puzzle in Monopoly a couple of times now. Um, when we don't need to go into detail. But the, that came about basically we were in Ireland and meeting Sarah's grandma and she had puzzles and I don't really like conversation. So conversation was very nice, but also like distracting myself with a puzzle. Yeah, totally. Which led to buying, buying puzzles here, which led to being inspired. Like, Hey, puzzles are pretty cool. Monopolies, I guess let's combine the two and, and, and turn it into like a VC puzzle. So, so that was, uh, I've thought a lot about puzzles in Monopoly recently. I bet you have. Have you ever read a book twice? No. Really? I should, I should. No, that's not true. Cause I'm literally like rereading Peter Thiel's book right now, but that's an exception. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Start, like, start one? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. what's making you pick that one up again? And why is it an exception? It's like the shows because I read it years ago. So it's more like kind of like rereading it and, and very much, I think, in understanding and interpreting quite differently than I would have like four years ago. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Do you have a pump up song? I don't, although Linkin Park's songs like Encore and, and stuff like that, just stuff from my, my childhood has is, is been oh, yeah? ringing in my, in my ears the last few weeks in a very nice way. I'm like not hearing them for like a decade or something to like, oh yeah, I used to love these songs. Let's just play these a lot. I know what you mean. I totally go down those moments where I'm like, wait, I haven't heard this song in so long. Why did I ever stop listening to it? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Okay. My final question for you, Neve, is what would you title your memoir? The Shruggy, you know? Yes, it does. (laughs) I, I I I could come up with like some philosophical thing or something, but it has to be The Shruggy. Um, and also it would be nice for people to not know how to pronounce it. I mean, I guess it's called yeah. shrug or shruggy or something, but also it's, there's, is there a, I mean, I guess there's a word for it, but it would be nice to not have a proper English word. It have people so we're thinking just up. the emoticons that yeah, comprise yeah. the shrug would yes. be the title. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Just for the confusion. Just for yeah, the confusion. I, I love the confusion element. I also think it'd be funny if it was asterisk shrugs, asterisk. Interesting. Why so? Because that is sort of um, like internet parlance for someone shrugging you know what i mean interesting or quotes kind of like the off-white like the Mm. shrugging quotes would be interesting yeah yeah i like all of these i'm gonna buy this book obviously it will probably arrive to my door because i'm assuming that the way you distribute it will be with the drop (laughs) yeah candles are gonna come first 
I'm excited about that. that that'll, be the, that'll be the next one, I think. I'm yeah. legitimately so excited about that because I I used to love making candles when I was little. That was a big hobby of mine. So I'm super cool. excited that you do it as an adult. And honestly, it makes me really want to make candles. Next time I'm in Miami. <gasps> next time in Miami, can we make candles? Please, yeah. Wait, that would be like, like, uh, so I'll send fun. You some too. But, but yeah, I, I agree. No, like, seriously. Um, but, but all the, all the jobs that we do are usually inspired by something. And the puzzle is like making puzzles with candles. Moshe has an extensive taste and he, I, I forgot the brand name, which is fine. I don't say it either, but, mm-hmm. but it's like, he just likes extremely expensive candles or laundry detergent. Like Lalabo? Yeah. He lives in Miami. I mean, come on. Of course it's Lalabo. <laughs> yeah. So like the candles, like, so I like went to the store. I didn't buy anything there, but I went to the store and I saw all the scents I have on there, but the candle yeah. costs $50. Oh, 50 is like an entry price point for something from the Labo. It gets way more expensive than that. So insane. Yeah, so I can make, so I can make something like super nice. Like, like it smells really nice. And, and, yeah, I can actually like make nice ones. Um, I love so that. They're nice when they're simple. So it's like actually it's not hard to make. Um, so the thing me and Sarah are going to work on is to make a label that is probably inspired by the brand um, in some way. So basically the, the label I think is what like makes it I Same with the wine, so by the way. Like, I was like, I've drinking. Like, I usually drink like ten to twenty dollars wines, and I've also had investors like let me taste a thousand dollar bottle of wine and tell me yeah. after. I should have uh, appreciated a little more if if I, if I knew what it cost before. The yeah. label to me is what makes it. It's like I think like the, the label will be the key part to like make the drop happen to make it seem like you know luxury and stuff, not wow. the actual scent, which will smell nice, sure, but it, it's uh, yeah. Oh, I love this. So this like tickles so many different parts of my brain. I'm so excited about this. Yay. Okay. I cannot wait. And I can't wait for my next trip to Miami because we're definitely making candles. I'm putting this out into the universe. (laughs) And also like the last thing to wrap, because basically I have no idea when this thing's going to happen, but now that I've like committed myself to doing it, it will happen. But the other, the other inspiration, which would probably be a part of it is Marcus Brownlee, who is like a big, you know, big tech YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. He had a drop recently where he like he, he had candles. I'm like, let me buy your candle. It looks nice. Um, it was like thirty dollars on it, something reasonable. But yeah. he had this like wood. This thing is like this is not his. This is like it's like mm. a wood. You see, it's like not a normal wick. It's like a wooden one. Yeah. I didn't know those exist. Um, but like it makes it makes a crack. It looks really cool. And it also makes a crackling sound. <gasps> and that was like the coolest thing that. ever. So That's I went so on cool. Amazon and bought. They're cheap. Like if you get like a hundred is like five ten dollars you know so oh my god basically like it's basically i'm inspired by like the different things that i'm seeing just combine them together so yes I just, I okay ass- i cannot I the wait will have a wooden wick, so i'm very excited wow okay neve this was such a pleasure thank you so much for coming on non-technical thank you where can people find more about you online twitter although i don't really talk about myself shrug.vc is the, yep. the the website and that has a lot of testimonials about Moshe and I and Shrug. Mm-hmm. So that's the best way to know me and, and us and the companies we invested in. And also Shrug.vc slash deck, which mm-hmm. is, um, it's a docs and with, with uh, it's also on the website, which is um, yep. um, more, yeah, more public facing deck of what we're about. So yeah, that, that's great. Love it. Cannot recommend Shrug enough. It's truly a really fun time to be a part of. So I'm so grateful that the internet brought us together. And I'm so excited that we got to chat today, Neve. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.